right on cue. Hashtag NAF2022. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Right on Cue, brought to you by Q Radio. My name is Naomi Gruen and I'm coming to you right from the host town of the National Arts Festival, Makanda in the Eastern Cape of South Africa. Q is a multimedia collaboration brought to you by Grocott's Mail, The Critter, Rhodes Music Radio, the National Arts Festival and the Rhodes University School of Journalism and Media Studies. Usually, this podcast brings you the best stories of the day. For those of you who didn't get an opportunity to tune into our live Q Radio broadcasts. However... This is our third episode, and here we'll follow a slightly different structure to our previous two episodes. But, if you haven't listened to those, be sure to check them out. In this episode, I'll be sharing a documentary I produced that follows four instruments and their musicians. When the National Arts Festival ends and the town returns to normal, the music doesn't leave with the visitors. So what does it mean for those who spend years here as opposed to those who just visit once a year? How does growing up in a town that caters to the arts influence your identity as an artist? What does it mean to be a musician in the City of Saints? In an attempt to answer these questions, I give you City of Song. And one, two, three, four... David Glover. I'm Carla Kaufman. My name is Asake Tuntulana. I am Bradley Van Yeden. I am a fine artist and musician. My major is piano. I'm a violinist. I think when, as people, we try to separate uh, the musician and the person, it's one of the same things. Uh, You are what you do, you know. Meet four instruments and their musicians. All four musicians live in Makanda, a small town in the Eastern Cape province of South Africa. It's a town that is known for creativity and culture. After all, this is where the National Arts Festival takes place every year. It is also a town that has given birth to many musicians. But for these four, growing up in a musical town did not mean that they would automatically find their rhythm. For David, it took a while. Um, So I remember music being part of my, making music being part of like my life from almost before I could really speak properly. I was always told I was musical. Um, I never really took to any instruments. I tried my hand at everything. I tried my hand at piano, like recorder, um, a bit of flute, clarinet, and nothing stuck. Like I would give it a little crack and then would just kind of lose interest. I remember actually a definitive moment giving up on music. And it took me a few years until I picked up the guitar on my own steam. I didn't take any lessons. I kind of just picked it up. Um, I'm not saying that I was any good at it without any lessons, but I kind of took to it and I fell in love with it. It seemed to click with me.
started shortly after that take lessons and I felt so different approaching an instrument and having that feeling that I'd never had before. It was almost um, obsessive and addictive and um, yeah, and just filled me with a lot of satisfaction. I think I play about seven instruments. I think that that is enough for now. Asake says that he could have chosen one of many instruments, as long as it could give a voice to his spirit. So I play a variety of African instruments, ranging from marimba, kalimba, um, djembe drum, some African folk singing, as well as the instrument that I play, which is the adungu. Um, and the reason I chose a stringed instrument is because with, um, with my faith, which is Christianity, There's a guy, um, he was a poet and also a psalmist. His name is David. He would play the harp to Samuel uh, when he was having depressing episodes. Um, and the music that he played would calm him down. So I wanted an instrument that would be closely related with my faith, and that was the Adungu for me. It's, um, it's, it's very nice. So it has become a part of me. So it's when you think Asake, you think Adungu. For David and Asake, finding their instruments and learning how to play them came naturally. But for Carla and Bradley, the journey of discovery was a bit more of a struggle. So I don't know, like, next year if I will feel better or, like, yeah, it's just always evolving in a strange way that's, like, so unexpected. It's just really strange. Honestly, at the end of last year or the beginning of this year, I was like, I'm not good enough. Oh, yeah, anyway. Um, so there'll be moments where I'm like, oh, my word, my, like, I felt that so deeply. And then it's always conflicting. You never really think you're good enough. I think for me, it's understanding how a violin like plays because each violin has their own sort of personality and understanding that personality helps you guide yourself through music and playing, understanding how you're like the character between both you and your violin, like the compatibility between the both of you. the time by like 15 14 when I kind of like got hooked it was also kind of my best friend at that point um and the only thing that I could like kind of express emotionally what was going on one thing that's like super cool about the piano <laughs> compared to a lot of other classical instruments is the complexity of harmonies that can go on. Um, what it can like, convey is conflicting emotions that go on. Um, other instruments are very like one melody or like can only play one thing, but because we use piano, it has like two hands. They can low-key be like two voices in both hands. And I think that's what I love is that it's super intricate. 
and with intricacy comes a lot of depth and can um, explore emotions or whatever um, feelings that can't other instruments can't really because it's so complex. I think that's why I love it. Playing with that violin and knowing the different techniques, the different pieces and how you need to play the sort of pieces actually helps you learn so much more about yourself and how compatible you are with doing different things. So that's why I think I fell in love with the violin when I was older, is because all the things you can learn with the violin, there's so much more I can say. I can't really get to the word. So I think that's what I fell in love with it as well. Especially if you're able to like compose your own pieces and you're able to play those notes that you haven't been able to play before on the violin and you get it right. Oh, it's just like chef's kiss. When you play, because that's the only part where we do different things, like all of us do different things. Bradley plays first violin in a string quartet with his father, brother and cousin. It's safe to say that music is in their DNA. And in this family, playing the violin was just something you were expected to do. I think I was about four or five years old when I first played the violin. Um, my dad actually introduced me into it. I wasn't actually, what can I say, introduced you know, I was more forced, like, you're going to play the violin, you're going to do this. But in the end, Bradley discovered his love of the violin because this was Makanda, the home of the National Arts Festival. And if there's any place destined to make people fall in love with music, this is it. When I was nine years old, the Swedish String Quartet, they came to Grahamstown for the National Arts Festival. Despite being years apart in age, Bradley and the members of the Soweto String Quartet already had something in common. My violin teacher was like, Let's just set up an interview and see what's going on. I nev never really knew what it was for with anything. But QTV or something like that did the interview. The Soweto String Quartet, Grammy Award winners and national treasures. Raised in the streets of Soweto, they got great encouragement and guidance from their father, Elliot Kameze. This is Bradley van Heerden, a nine-year-old Grahamstown local. He's been learning to play the violin for two years, also under the mentorship of his father. Being young and shy, Bradley didn't talk much in his interview, but luckily his father was happy to fill the silence, beaming with pride and the hope that maybe one day his son will have a career in music. Yeah, I want to expose him to classical music and I, I think the Soweto String Quartet is, uh, is a wonderful way of, of showing him that you don't only have to play classical music. The violin can, can be very entertaining, uh, entertaining crowds at a party. So uh, hopefully you will be inspired by this. This one performance that I went to with them, I was really captivated by the performance. The way they were able to, how can I say, manipulate the notes and like, get different notes that are, how can I say, not like classically trained that you get with a normal violin. And I was actually quite like, interested by that. I had to perform a piece in front of them. I was like, oof, okay, this is a bit um, hectic. But then he just said, okay, let's, let, um, let's play a piece together. And we played the national anthem together with the, the string lead, and it was actually quite nice. Because um, I was never like 
exposed to like jazz or like any sort of other sort of music that performance i think also shaped the way that i wanted to enjoy i think i enjoyed music a lot more by that time because i really been playing for what like four years that experience actually helped me a bit more with actually wanting to carry on carla also comes from a family where everyone is expected to learn an instrument for her too falling in love with the piano took time well, whole family is like forced to play piano, and my sister and a lot of my cousins had already been playing. So I started playing already with my sister. In the beginning, it was great, and then it wasn't great. And there was a teacher that Loki changed my life in 2015, and she was like full on in music, and I just thought I'm obsessed with this. So I come from a music background. For Asake, like Bradley and Carla, learning about music was a natural part of childhood. His whole family sang, and for his mother, singing was a way to express her faith. My mother, she sings, uh, mostly at church, so I think uh, I've, I've gotten the music element of me from my mother. It's not a silver bullet. Um, my mom would sing to me and I'd sing back to her but she's the one who sings in the family. Um, so I started singing um, in 2006 at my primary school, uh, school choir. And from there, I never stopped. Asake's faith is what drives his musical interests. Beyond what it means to be a singer himself, it's about what his voice can do for others. Being involved with Kwando Choir, Rose Chamber Choir, as well as Bed Choir, sort of influenced how I see life and how I see music within this space. My sister also sings, but for me, my interests with music are slightly different from hers. I'm more concerned with spirituality. Um, but I think through all out my life journey and my music journey, everything that I am now, everything that I've acquired thus far, it is because of the influence that I am in that particular space. My mum is a music teacher, and um, so all credit to her, really. She used to run these music classes for toddlers, basically. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I suppose it also helps being in this town. For David, like Bradley, it was the National Arts Festival that gave him the chance to find his own way into music, separate from his family. I remember seeing Pedro the Music Man, who probably way before your time, he used to be on TV on a kid's show called Kiddio. Um, and he was like a segment, it was Pedro the Music Man, and I saw him on TV as a child, and at that age, like three or four, 
you can't really distinguish the difference between well you, you do see a difference like this is a tv person and then i remember going to a show in grahamstown Makanda as like a three-year-old and there was pedro standing in front of me and there i was standing up right on the stage i kind of got up off my seat and like stood with my hand, little hands on the stage looking up at him and it, it, those kind of experiences there are a mass of those multiple different versions and varieties of moments like that throughout my whole life um thanks to being in this town i think I've always maintained that in Makanda it's a very nurturing a nurturing space. I mean it is it's we have access to such high quality performances and art and and content but we also have this culture that I've noticed or I noticed especially when I started out of audiences being sort of being nurturing. And I do feel that the crowds and the spaces here nurture sort of young artistics and or artistic and creative minds. Um and I felt that quite heavily actually and I think it is thanks to that that I kind of stuck with it. If I was perhaps in a, a major city like Cape Town or Johannesburg, I don't know if it would have been the same. I I always think maybe not. When I came to Makanda, <coughs> I came because Rhodes depart I mean Rhodes University had ILM which which is the International Library of African Music. They have marimbas, they have kalimbas. So they have a variety of range of instruments from Africa. That's why I saw the kora, that's why I saw the adungu. Makanda offered these four musicians an unusually vibrant musical landscape to explore. And within this city, each of them found people who encouraged them to take up music as a full-time occupation. But their families sometimes rejected this vision. So most times, especially coming from a black family, um, one of the things is, can this sustain your life and your well-being? Is this something that you can live off from, you know? And with um, artistic and creative degrees like fine arts, um, drama, painting, sculpture, music, and others, um, there's sort of a high skepticism with those things. It was really tough. Music was just a thing of like, uh, kind of us just being an overachiever, overachieving family. It wasn't supposed to be a career path. My parents were kind of against it. But even if their families did not encourage them to pursue music as a career path, they still believed that singing or playing an instrument was an essential part of life, and they expected their children to feel the same. So from the age of five, I was having like between one and a half to two hour practices, like almost every day. I had a teacher in the beginning that taught me, and then my dad used to give me individual practices by himself, so I was actually quite like intense with the practices. And I think by grade one, I was already doing exams. My roommate asked me that, um, would you have played the piano if you weren't like forced as a family? Probably not, because also we were, our teachers were always like the best here. 
I really wish that I actually wanted to play it when I was younger. But when you're at that stage and you're forced to do something, you don't get any choice in like when you're going to practice, how you're going to play, which pieces you play. It's basically like, oh, okay, this is like a routine. I don't want to do all of these things. So um, when I was five, every time I used to pick up the violin, I used to basically hate it. I actually weirdly felt pressure to play music my whole life because my mom was a teacher. I didn't fall in love with music for what I wanted it to be. It was more of, okay, we're a musical family. You've got to keep that up and this is what you're going to do and you don't have any choice whatsoever. So it's still a bit tricky. It's still a bit weird at the moment. It can be difficult uh, at most times because when you do not create opportunities for yourself within this space, um, you would suffocate a lot greatly. The perfect amount of tension in a guitar string creates the perfect sound. Too much tension might cause the string to snap. David, Carla, Asake and Bradley have all had to master that balance to make their music feel like their own. It's hard to say, but I did feel like it was my choice and perhaps that's why I felt, yeah, I felt like I was doing it on my terms and, um, yeah, so it, did, it just clicked. It's like magic. I kind of weaned my parents in for a while, but they just thought I was, like, being woohoo. I don't know what the word is. But in 2019, I was like, I actually can't do anything else. So then they were like, okay, fine, Carla. You can do this. I remember a friend of mine gifting me, I think, a flash stick with, with like his sort of cream of the crop, like his, his favorite tracks, and it was quite a lot of music. And I started listening to it, and it kind of it unlocked this kind of new sound, for me anyway. If you finish the Bachelor of Education, you're going to be a teacher. If you finish your Bachelor of Pharmacy, you're going to become a pharmacist. But with music, there's a whole scope that you can tap into. And for me, music has um, most times paid the bills in, on my behalf with the kind of music that I play, the kind of instrument that I play. So it's a whole different uh, spectrum altogether. Some people always say like music finds them. Even when you actually want to like kick it out, um, it somehow like sneaks up on you. So then you kind of just like, but it's, this is like too good to let go. And I don't know how to like not be with it. But it is like a, I can say, a getaway from like life. And you're able to lose yourself in the music and feel so many different like emotions and able to come up with your own like musical personality, if you can put it that way. It's a huge part of my identity. I once went abroad to teach um, in South Korea and I didn't have enough money to take my guitar with me. And I, I was kind of grateful to to be kind of pushed into a space where I would separate myself from music as part of a strong part of my identity and how other people see me i thought it was going to be a healthy experience but it, it, what it was was maybe a healthy experience in me learning that i shouldn't have to cut that part of myself out because i did feel quite empty without it we all listen to music constantly in our cars at home and at work and even when we don't choose to listen it's there in the movies we watch, in the restaurants and shops, and in the sound travelling from the party down the road. Music is a part of all of our lives, but David, Carla, Bradley and Asake have made music a part of who they are. You just can't detach it even in ways where you want to or you think you are. Like here, where I, in the art world I just know I'm an artist. I'm not only a singer, but I'm also an instrumentalist. I'm not only an instrumentalist, but I'm also an educator. I'm also a language practitioner. So all these things, they become a part and parcel of me. When it gets to the time, musician Bradley is like totally like someone different who wants to get things done, like compose music. 
have like a different like freedom so it has become part and parcel of my identity for a, for a very long time so i haven't struggled with um with my identity with that the reason i go to church is because of the music um the reason most people that have met me is because of the music um most times i prefer to be alone so that i can play my music I don't even know. I feel like I have an identity crisis all the time. I'm constantly in an identity crisis. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm not even supposed to be. Like, am I even a classical pianist? <laughs> but then I go on stage and all of a sudden, like, I fit in. I want people to feel good. I want people to laugh. And a lot of performers identify with that feeling. My whole identity is because of music. Um, I am a musician and the music is me. It shapes who I am. Right on cue, hashtag NAF2022. And with that, we've reached the end of the third episode of Right on Cue. Join us again next time where we'll bring you our top stories, best interviews, and some insight into what's happening in Makanda at this exciting time of year. Don't forget to tune into Q Radio on 89.7 FM at 9am, 12pm, and 5pm for our live shows. Until next time, Thank you for listening. Have a great fest and stay safe.